0: How long has it been since I've seen your face? Well, I was home earlier
1: today, but when it comes to recording, I, it's what—been <laughs> it's been like three fucking
0: weeks since we've recorded. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've missed two episodes, so three weeks seems about right. We're back, baby. Yeah, we got we got a fat episode of cool things to talk about. Not really. We spent and guess like what half we're an hour about? talking about Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah, baby, you like movies? We like... It seems like that's really all we talk about now. So, a lot of movie talk. And then I throw in some juicy Halo talk at the end. Because, you know, Hype Train is getting a-going.
0: Yeah, and uh, speaking of alternative forms of entertainment, uh, I gotta get back to watching B stars.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I wanted to tell you about that. I don't know why we're going to put this in the intro, but we are. Uh, we should complete that maybe by next week and talk about it. Okay. There's a super tease.
0: (laughs) Alright, enjoy the episode. Alright, so hey, you told me that you were going to be ready to record at 6.30. And then you were late. And it is now 6.42 that we're starting this. And uh, that would be because uh, in, in the last couple of weeks that we have been moving into our new apartment, um, I, I have, I have had to come with, come up with new ways to store all the bullshit that I have. Cause mm-hmm. I'm a, a, an almost 26 year old man. That's just accumulating bullshit. Right. Um, as we all and, are. and I had this thought as I'm going through my box of cables that i i don't know why i seem to have like eight fucking micro usb cables as if this is still 2014 and every device i own is micro usb and not usb c
1: <laughs>
0: and and i was having this problem because my my microphone uses like the the fat kind of micro usb right Oh yeah. Um, which which is also like what uh PS three controllers charged with, and by extension, PlayStation VR controllers, which is another reason why I keep those cables on hand. But I couldn't find a single one of those cables. But I just kept digging through my mountain of micro USB cables. Until I, I put that box back in the closet and I went to fish around in my nightstand drawer, and I did find what seemed to be the one, like, fatter kind of mic. I-, I don't know the nomenclature, but, like, the bigger micro USB cable that I was looking for, I found, I found one. I found one in my bedside drawer. And you know what I found out, Hayden?
1: Um, they- there were more micro USBs in your bedside table.
0: That is also true, but not what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I took this cable and I plugged it into my computer and then I brought it up to plug it into the microphone and I found out... That, that my microphone does not actually use that kind of cable. And it, and it actually uses normal micro USB. Bruh. And I don't know how I forgot that in like three weeks. I
1: was say, we don't record in a couple weeks, and Jesus Christ.
0: So that's why I was late, because I was taking fucking crazy pills on what cable I actually thought I was looking for.
1: Well, you know, we're here now. We actually got some shit to talk about this week, which is damn right, because it's been a minute since we've recorded, but you know what? What are we jumping into first?
0: Hey, you know, I... Uh, I, All right, so I, I just took a vacation to D.C. for the last week, and, uh, and, and I, I watched a bunch of movies while I was out there, because I needed... I, I saw that. I needed a place to chill in the A.C. and rest my feet from all the walking, <laughs> so... So I saw a bunch of movies, which, which feels nice because it's like, you know, I mean, COVID's kind of getting worse, so who knows how long it's going to last, but it's good to be back in a theater. But do you know what I've actually enjoyed that I, I did not see in a theater because it hasn't had a very wide release. And I'm, I'm not sure if you have heard of it or if you have, it's only been through me, but, uh, Nick Cage's new movie, Pig, do you remember that? No, not really. I feel like I've seen stuff for it, but I know nothing about it. So I saw the trailer for this movie, and I read a synopsis, and, and I thought what I was getting into was Nicolas Cage essentially playing John Wick, except instead of killing his dog, they steal his truffle hunting pig. And, <laughs> and that is what happens, except there was actually no violence whatsoever. He was not a John Wick type. And it was actually like a very quiet kind of slow burn movie. And I think my honest to God be one of Nicolas Cage's best roles in years, which is kind of saying a lot because he's actually had some good movies recently, at least stuff that I really liked him in. Something like The Color Out of Space, I thought he was actually really good in. And, and even something campier like um, Willie's Wonderland. I feel like we're in the middle of a Nick Cage renaissance. But everything he's making is not mainstream, so no one's talking about it.
1: That makes sense. He's in that part of his career, though. Like, He, he had his heyday, and he's made enough shit that people are like, uh, what? And so now he's delegated to the weird
0: movies, but you can, he, can be, he can just be Nick Cage, and it fits. So that's my endorsement. You should watch Pig. It is in some theaters, but not very big ones. It's actually a really good movie.
1: Another movie about a pig? Is it better than Babe? (laughs) I think there is,
0: in fact, a lot of movies that are better than Babe, Hayden. Okay, well, I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up, (laughs) because
1: it's a goddamn classic. You will put respect on that pig's name. I will do no such thing. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Buster Brown. (laughs) But what else did you all see? I saw you, were, you sent us pictures, and you were like, I'm back in the theater,
0: bitches. And I was like, oh, my God. He's just
1: going to D.C. and watching a shitload of movies.
0: Yeah, I I went to a different AMC theater every day. Oh, my God. You didn't even go to the same theater? No, I was trying out different places. Okay. They were all pretty cool. Uh, I went to a couple in Virginia, and one was like a really small AMC 8 that was... Uh, built into like an outdoor mall and it was it was very quaint i liked that theater a lot actually um the the screens were pretty small the seating was not very big the slope on the seatings was really shallow so you kind of wanted to sit near the front of the line i i liked it a lot um but i saw um i saw the green knight and okay. then i saw escape room tournament of champions <laughs> really yeah well, like, okay, so, so, so that that's the thing, right? I was like, I wanted to see the Green Knight because it's a twenty-four, and I really dig a twenty-four. Um, and then after that, it was like, well, I want to watch a movie, but there's not really anything out. I guess I could watch Suicide Squad, but I don't really give a shit about Suicide Squad. So, I'll I'll watch this probably shitty horror movie, and and it was very cheesy, pretty low budget, uh, but I had fun. I definitely wouldn't have watched it if I wasn't on a subscription to A-List. But then, the third day, it was like, okay, well, I do want to watch a movie, but now it's kind of just Suicide Squad, so I guess I'll watch Suicide Squad. And then, lo and behold, Suicide Squad was fucking great. Yeah, it was
1: pretty damn damn good. I was impressed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I had so much more fun than I thought I would in Suicide Squad. Like, even in the first five minutes... It was devastating how much better of a movie it was than the last one. I was not ready for that,
1: going to be completely <laughs> honest. I don't know if we want to jump in. I think we should try and keep away from major spoilers uh, since it is pretty damn new. But yeah, sure. it comes out with a bang to the point you're like,
0: oh, fuck.
1: Okay, yes.
0: here we go. <laughs> And uh, you you had mentioned this in our Discord, but it's something that I was also feeling because I've been listening to it on Spotify. But, uh, man, James Gunn, he's got a real particular way he puts together a soundtrack for a movie, and they're all bangers. Yeah, and, and
1: see, I posed that question. So the question I posed was, has, has James Gunn always had bitchin' soundtracks, or did it really start with the Guardians movies? And the main reason I asked that was, I don't think I've seen a lot of James Gunn directed movies prior to Guardians. So I I genuinely don't know if he historically has had great songs, a great selection of songs to accompany the movie or if it's just something he's <laughs> gotten really good at, at uh, relatively recently.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting question. Um James Gunn has had a a pretty wild history as a movie maker. I'm not sure if you're aware. Um, Yeah, I know
1: of it a little bit, but I'm not super in the know.
0: Because, like, the big, uh, like, signposts of his career is, like, he did some work with the studio Troma, which is uh, infamous for making shitty movies, but, like, on purpose shitty, really campy, like, gross-out kind of garbage-pale-kid movies. Like mm-hmm. the Toxic Avenger, if you've ever heard of that. No. Um, I think Toxic Avenger was really big for the generation just previous to ours. Um, but Toxic Avenger was a trauma movie. And so James Gunn got his start there at that really small studio. But his first big breakout was the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Wait. which No. Yes. He no. Are you wrote, shitting me? He wrote both of those movies. He didn't direct them, but he wrote both of the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> <laughs> which were essentially scrappy doos a villain (laughs) (laughs) and those movies were like you can feel there's an r-rated scooby-doo movie under those movies right uh yeah i
1: that was one of the first movies i remember like getting an erection to
0: (laughs) that's awesome like, when uh, they
1: body swap, and it was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I want to see the scene. Let me see him naked. And I was just
0: like... <laughs> so, um, got a weird relationship with that movie. <laughs> and so then his uh, his directorial debut was the horror movie Slither, uh, which I okay. think was pretty good. It's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of got a, a scream thing going to it where it's very meta. It's kind of a send-up of a bunch of tropes, but it's a pretty good movie in its own right. Uh, and then Super Movie 43, and then he got to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, And so for all those movies, except for Scooby-Doo being, like, very much a product of its time, the early to mid-2000s kind of aesthetic, none of his movies ever had an emphasis on the soundtrack until Guardians. So Mm. I I would I would have to look at what exactly would have been on the soundtrack for those movies. But it's definitely like Guardians put it into the spotlight. And he seems to have ridden that energy into the Suicide Squad, because like most movies, when they have a soundtrack, it's not very much at the forefront of the movie because you think about the score more. But the Suicide Squad, like Guardians of the Galaxy, they have. Quill's playlist that he has, and that's like a personal character motif that they keep going through the second movie. So it's, it's a very unique part of the story. But then Suicide Squad still very much uses those songs throughout the movie for particular emphasis. Like in the opening scene, they use the song People Who Died um, by I think the band was Oh No. And like the main track for the movie is an epic orchestral version of Steely Dan's Dirty Work, which is just fucking phenomenal.
1: <laughs> yeah it's 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 great it's i i've now i gotta go back and watch some of these older james gunn movies and just i gotta go back and watch scooby-doo and see if i can notice anything because part of me wants to say that young hayden was like yeah i think the i think the soundtrack to scooby-doo was bopping but i have no <laughs> idea i've not seen that movie in like 15 years
0: all right do you want me to read you some titles from the scooby-doo soundtrack I won't remember half of recognize half of them at this point, but go for it. I don't know that you would recognize any of them anyway, but I, I think, based on the artists I'm looking at, this probably was pretty popping for the year 2002. Is there an Aaron Carter song? No, actually. Fuck. Uh, but there is uh, "Land of a Million Drums" by Outcast, Killer Mike and Sleepy Brown. Okay, I think I know that. I, I would know that one if I heard it a bit. Words to Me by Sugar Ray. Might know that one. Freaks Come Out at Night, Uncle Cracker and Busta Rhymes. Okay, I know that one. <laughs> they got Scooby D by the Baja Men.
1: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> and Grow Up by Simple Plan. I don't know that one. All right, but okay. Simple Plan, that's very much a mid 2000s band. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't think we would start just talking about James Gugan and music choices like this, but okay, we haven't even talked about the movie yet.
0: However, I mean, again, it should be noted, he didn't direct these movies, so I don't know if the soundtrack would have had uh, much oh, to do with Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that being said, <laughs> the soundtrack for Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed does feature the song Friends Forever by Puffy Ami Yumi. I don't know if anyone remembers them besides me. I, I no. I I don't I don't think I do. Again with uh, music,
1: a lot of the times I have to hear the song and be like, "Oh, I remember that." I uh, I didn't know band
0: names for the longest time. Puffy AmiYumi is notable because not only were they the band behind the Teen Titans theme song, oh, uh, but because of that, they had a short-lived animated series on Cartoon Network called Hi Hi Puffy AmiYumi. I think I remember seeing uh commercials for that,
1: but I don't think I ever actually watched it.
0: Yeah, it only lasted a season or two. It was okay, but for for whatever reason that show is burned into my mind. It it had a pretty <laughs> anime aesthetic as far as like westernization goes.
1: I feel that. I feel that. Okay, but back to Suicide Squad. So <laughs> yeah, what a tangent. Uh it was pretty good. <laughs> I think we already said that. <laughs> but um I I did not I don't, well, no. Here's my this is my newest gauge. Um I'm I'm fully on the Sean Finnessy bandwagon that every movie is 15 minutes too long. And <laughs> I know exactly the 15 minute segment I would take out. <laughs> or maybe okay. not one segment, but I know the sections that I would take out to make this 15 minutes shorter and then I think it would have been way better.
0: Is it too spoilery to say which segments? It was just some of the uh,
1: further character development parts about the rat chick, mostly. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, hers, her, I just didn't under... <laughs> I don't really get what that was supposed to do. Like, with, with Polka dot guy, his made mm-hmm. sense and was funny. They played off of it. But with hers, it was like, I'm not going to say who... Uh, The actor is who's her dad because i think that's kind of like oh that's cool but uh i was like oh that's cool when they showed him i was like (laughs) yeah it's uh it's him and but then i was also like i don't need to see like any of this
0: yeah i don't know i think it does come off as a little awkward just because uh you know kind of like what Gunn did with guardians of the galaxy this was a movie about a bunch of characters that either nobody has ever heard about or are largely joke characters. So in that regard, when an audience has literally no connection to the character and you try to thrust that amount of emotional weight, it can come off as a little hokey and clumsy. I didn't particularly feel that myself. I thought it was handled pretty well and I really liked the character, but I do understand where you're coming from with that. Well, and I don't
1: don't want to say that I didn't like it. I was just like, yeah, we didn't need this. I could have Hmm. done without it, and it would have, I felt, helped. If that was an hour and 45-minute movie, awesome. At no point would I have really been bored. But there were some of those character development parts where I'm like, "Uh, I don't don't really care, but I I get what you're doing. You're doing this way better than the last Suicide Squad movie (laughs) did, so I can't really complain that much.
0: Yeah, I think my favorite thing about the parallels between the two movies is that Idris Elba's character in Bloodsport is kind of the same character as Will Smith as Deathstroke in the first movie, but just done better.
1: And just way cheekier.
0: Yeah. Because, like, the movie was very much a soft reboot in style, but then in a lot of ways they kind of just did the first movie again, but James Gunn said, hold my dick.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The, they had a much, the, just the, the character interactions and in chemistry was a lot better, even though they're supposed to hate each other. They're all, like, fucking weirdos, just kind of doing their own things. Uh, the, and, I, I don't want to say there's predictability in it, but, um, they gotta get Harley Quinn out of them. For, I think, the super obvious reason. Like, they're not going to fucking kill Harley Quinn in a Suicide Squad movie. So, right. there's... It's like, okay, the stakes could be whatever they are, but you know they're not going to kill Margot Robbie. So, I get she se- she is a big selling point um, to get people in to see the movie, but for the sake of... If you truly want me to go into something... And be like, wow, I don't know if X character might live or die. You kind of got to take her out,
0: I think. Well, I think that is an entirely valid concern for this movie. But I think going forward, that might not be so set, set in stone. True. Uh, Because, like, this would be her... It, they are doing another Suicide Squad. At least, like, I... It, I'm not going to say exactly how, but there is a tease at the end of the movie that they are setting up for another Suicide Squad movie. So, assuming it gets the green light, they're going to do another one. I assume James Gunn will be back to do this one. Um, But I think at that point, three Suicide Squad movies and a fourth Harley Quinn appearance. um, And with DC moving away from the idea of a cinematic universe. I would think at that point, she probably could be pretty well in the chopping block for a shocking death. Whether well, or not they would have the balls to do so is a different story, but I, I don't know that she would have such heavy plot armor. But for I this bet, one, I, they they needed her around to like, you know, add amount of quality assurance, I guess. Well,
1: and and this is something that they did much better with setting the stage of in this one that she doesn't even need to be in it because like as she, like the whole thing about it is that it's only for people who are in jail. So you could just say the Joker broke her out, and she's not in jail, she doesn't need to get time off of her sentence. So she wouldn't even be around to be in whatever iteration of the Suicide Squad's there. Because there's a line at the very beginning when Harley sees Boomerang Man or whatever, Captain Boomerang, and she's like, oh, you're you're back? (laughs) Like, what are you doing back in jail? (laughs) Which I thought was funny. I was like, oh, okay, so that makes sense and why it could be a more rotating cast easily. Uh people could get broken out of jail. People could have served their time or gone on enough missions to where they don't have they're not in jail to need to get time off their sentence. So, I think that too would I I would rather them honestly go that route than kill Harley Quinn cuz I do not like when you when people take like shoot off movies that aren't part of any sort of extended universe and you kill iconic characters mostly because it's almost never done well if you can do it well awesome go for it i don't care but nine times out of ten killing an iconic character to me doesn't go over well in comic book movies
0: Sure, but again, I think it's a different situation when DC is telling individual, separated stories. That if Margot dies as Harley Quinn, it doesn't mean anything. They could have a different Harley Quinn in the uh, in the new the Batman movie with uh, Robert Pattinson. Like they they could have Harley Quinn there, they could have Joker there, and they could be different people for a different movie. And Suicide Squad exists as its own franchise. And if that franchise ends at number three and they're not going to do another one and Margot Robbie's not going to be Harley Quinn anyway, that it's not exactly going to be killing off an iconic hero in the same way that Marvel would be doing it, you know?
1: Yeah. And I get, but I just mean like not even from uh, an overlapping storyline. I mean, just from a, in a movie we killed X super popular character. I just feel it's never done tastefully for that movie. I'm trying to think of one, but it's, you know, not doing... I can't really think of it. But, like, I mean, like, the way in Marvel they kill Iron Man, done very well, tastefully. Awesome. But I feel like that's the exception. But then again, I'm saying this, and I can't think of an example where it's done <laughs> poorly, so maybe I'm just stupid. We we did say... Uh... I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm probably actually more thinking of video games, because video games like to do that more, I think. Hmm. Because it's like, oh, it's a game, and so it has no connection to... I'm probably just thinking of killing popular characters in games throughout a series. Could be. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking about it, because I I clearly (laughs) have no
0: example, so
1: I'm just speaking words.
0: Now, at this point, I am a little upset that... DC is no longer doing a cinematic universe because, you know, we talked in either the last episode or the episode previously, uh, I had made a comment about like the creative minds that shepherded the Marvel, uh, theater line through its phases. And James Gunn was very much an important piece of that. Uh, and that eventually led into Taika. And I think Taika is going to uh, be, like, the taste test for movies for Marvel going forward. They're gonna kind of follow his blueprint of writing style. And and the Suicide Squad feels very much like the kind of movie Guardians of the Galaxy would have been if Disney wasn't reining him in to stick to their set style, you know? Like, yeah. in the same way that... um, Oh, gosh, who was is, who is the guy that was doing Ant-Man at first? Oh, uh... Was it Baby Driver Shot Shaun of the Dead? That director, I think.
1: I don't remember at all.
0: Okay, well, the guy that was doing Ant-Man was doing a very different kind of movie than Disney wanted. And they were fighting over creative control of that movie so much that he walked away and they got a different director for Ant-Man. I feel like that kind of thing could have been going on behind the scenes for Guardians, but James Gunn was a little bit more amenable. He still got to get his style through, but it was a, it was a little bit more sterilized compared to the movies he's done previously, such as Scooby-Doo or Slither or anything from Troma. Uh, the Suicide Squad is more of that coming through. It's big-budget James Gunn doing things the way he wants to do them, it seems. And so if they were still doing A series of movies in a cinematic universe i could see james gunn rewriting their book just like he did for marvel and setting them on an actual good path instead of zack snyder sitting in fucking 2006 and making movies like the dark (laughs) knight is still the biggest thing in comic books yeah good point i think now granted we're getting good standalones like joker and the batman and they're doing their own thing but i i would like to see more people take after gun's style in this case yeah i think too
1: i'd be okay i know i know it i think it does play well how dc's doing the more just here's a movie with characters that you know from this comic series cuz it's de- i mean it's a drastically different approach i do think it would be interesting and kind of cool if you, they don't have to go full on you know universe with it but bring have other not be afraid to have appearances from other ips within dc show up and them know each other kind of like batman versus superman stuff you know granted that was still when it was part of the universe building but you know batman movie and the flash shows up and you're like wait what the fuck but they you know they know who they are or they know about justice league shit that could be really complicated to, like, have come across and to not be weird as fuck. But I I would be... I would enjoy seeing them try to tackle that in a way that could be done tastefully. But that seems like that's probably a very tall ask.
0: Yeah. And uh, the director I was trying to think of was Edgar Wright. Oh, okay, okay. Star the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim. I did not know he was the one...
1: Who was originally doing Ant Man,
0: yeah, would have been a very different movie.
1: Oh yes, it would have,
0: and very much looking forward to his Last Night in Soho. Oh yeah, wait, did we see a trailer for that? Uh, no, we saw a trailer for House of Gucci. Yeah, that I'm I'm all in on that shit. Does also look good. I'm a big Adam Driver stand these days. There's a there's a lot of uh.
1: Uh, there's a lot of people in that. A lot of people. Sorry, I saw it. got a text. I got a text message and got completely distracted. Oh hell yeah! I don't have to stay at my uncle's tonight. Oh, I'm coming home, Chris. I'm coming you had, home.
0: You had such a long pause. To St. Poofy <laughs> had a lot of people. <laughs> keep,
1: keep it in. <laughs>
0: Not even an ensemble cast, but <laughs> this movie has got a lot of people, <laughs> yeah,
1: keep it in, keep rolling. We're professionals here,
0: oh my god, okay, so what what was the we went and saw free Guy the other day, and that's where we Hell saw yeah. the trailer for House of Gucci, yeah, um, I don't think I have anything profound to say whatsoever on free Guy
1: uh, it's a better um why why did the name of it just go out of my head ready player ready one player it one. is literally just a better version of ready player one
0: yeah i mean there there's definitely tones of it there no um,
1: it's just a better version of ready player one <laughs>
0: it's if, <laughs> yeah. if if
1: that book was written today it would be written that's what would be written like it's just a modern version of it and because it's more modern all the references actually make sense <laughs> yeah well that like, that's the
0: thing with Ready Player One especially in the book and then kind of in the movie was the references pretty much were the entertainment value and everything else was secondary. Um Free Guy is at least actually a movie. Yes. Yes.
1: I did not care much for the relationship trope shit, but like what else were you going to do, I guess? Um it technically is kind of maybe a movie for kids ish <laughs> i don't know there were children there when we saw it which i i think we were both like that's kind of that's kind of fucking weird that there are children at this movie but uh i mean i thought it was pretty damn funny for the most part other than it being 15 minutes too long <laughs> i i enjoyed it i i had a good time
0: Yeah, no, it it was... I I think the word that I keep coming back to to describe the movie is inoffensive. Yes. Like, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't great. I would probably give it a 6 out of 10. And that's not bad, but it was a movie. It was an enjoyable summer movie that,
1: honestly, we don't get movies like that much anymore. That, well... We don't get many movies like that. I'll put it that way. Um, that are just like, hey, you play video games? Here's a shitload of references that you will understand that a lot of other people won't. Now, that said, the um, the streaming bits of popular real live streamers was cringy as fuck when <laughs> any of them spoke. There was not one of them that I was like, oh, that worked well. Like, I, I wasn't, <laughs> I mean... Hey, power to them, they're in a fucking movie. That's that's awesome. But uh it was like it was so much like, yes, we are reading our lines to be in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, the the streamers definitely not actors. Except Pokemanes. Pokemanes wasn't bad,
1: but it still was like Eh, yeah, you're reading this for a movie.
0: Yeah. No, I just think like they uh they actually have already greenlit a sequel. I don't know yeah, if you thought yeah that. I posted that in our Discord. Oh okay. Um, I'm I'm probably going to forget that I have even seen Free Guy until I see a trailer for the sequel. You know, I would have no idea. Like, what is the second one going to just be? Arc? Like this was just GTA
1: Online basically, and then and then they set it up to be like, oh wait, no, it's actually going to be an arc next time. And I'm like, oh fucking Christ, <laughs> why? Now, if they want to do like an Among Us style shit, or, like do some Wreck It Ralph stuff where like you're jumping between game worlds, that would be dope. Sword Art Online, this shit, oh, baby. Um, not the die in the game, die in real life, but the later part where they just open up the v- VR v- MMO, whatever the hell they call it, VR MMORPGs uh, shit where you can like jump between different worlds. I'd go see that sequel. And Ryan Reynolds is awesome. He's just, he's fun to watch in a movie.
0: You know, I go back and forth on Ryan Reynolds. He he's starting to become a Jim Carrey type for me, where it's like you do this thing and you do it well, but it's there for all of your characters, and I'm starting to get tired of it. He has kind of
1: character acted himself, like that. That's not the right terminology. What is it when you only play like a role? Uh, oh, shit. Typecasted. Um, type, He's kind yeah. of typecasted himself, it seems. When's the last, like, super serious role that Ryan Reynolds has had?
0: Well, that's the thing, is I think his most serious role I've seen him in was in this uh suspense horror movie that was called The Voices, I think, where he played as uh, a, a schizophrenic, essentially, that uh talks to his dog and cat, and they talk back to him, and they're all voiced by Ryan Reynolds. Um, Except the cat is Ryan Reynolds with a Scottish accent, and the cat talks him into murdering several women. And even in that movie, he still kind of has the same Deadpool-style delivery.
1: I was was really hoping that you were going to say that the most serious movie you'd seen him in was Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah... He's definitely going a different way. He's going kind of the opposite way of Chris Evans, where Chris Evans was like, get me the fuck out of Marvel. I'm an actor. Let me act. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Ryan Reynolds is like,
0: no, I fucking love this
1: shit. I'll just keep doing it
0: forever. Yeah. No, I mean, more power to him, as long as he's having fun and making the money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, damn. I thought we were spend a little more time on that than what we did. <laughs> like, I don't have a lot to say. I wasn't super impressed oof oof so i definitely liked it more than you did you did yeah you then. definitely did i i and i don't I like you gave it a 6 i'd give it like a 6.5 <laughs> like i wouldn't rate it much higher but it was still really enjoy- i i had a good time granted that was the first movie i've seen in the theater post covid so there might have been
0: some nostalgia there but yeah. um no and, and i think it is weird you know in the year that we didn't have any movies whatsoever at least in our circle, the way we talk about movies, the stuff we were really looking forward to was mostly Marvel or like some smaller art house stuff from something like A24. Yeah. And you're right that this is kind of reminiscent of, like, I don't want to say classic Hollywood, but, but even just like Hollywood of a decade ago when you could just have a filler feel-good summer movie. Original it feels movie. Like, it feels like we are so much farther from that idea than we probably are, just because we had a year of nothing where all we had to hold on to was hype for things that are bigger than this movie.
1: Dude, Fast Nine still in theaters. I might try and see it. JK, <laughs> there's like one showing a day. I am not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of hype for Marvel, though, so this was something that I just read earlier today. Th- this might have been a thing that was known for a while, but something that I just came across. Apparently uh with Shang-Chi uh Disney CEO came out and said that they are trying an experimental release with it where it is only going to have 45 days of theater exclusivity and then they're going to release it on Disney Plus
1: Okay so so a shorter time from it going up in theaters to being on Disney Plus and like what Black Widow is. Granted, I know Black Widow did both. You could buy it, but Black Widow goes up in October. That was probably a ninety days then, roughly for Black Widow.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, and and ninety days has been the uh, the industry standard between theater to streaming. Ninety really? days was the typical agreed upon uh exclusive exclusivity deal now but is now that disney's like, kind of rewriting that they're cutting that in half
1: is that like it is no longer playing at any theater or like no, 90 it's, days from
0: release uh, it's just exclusivity it, it will still be in theaters but after the 45 days it will be on stream okay okay gotcha and gotcha. I don't know. I don't know if that means it would be released on Premier Access, and you would still have to buy it, or if they would just be putting it up.
1: Oh, that is a good point too.
0: I, I didn't look that deep into it. Uh, that would be interesting with, to the, know. with the Premier Access. That was all stuff that they dropped at the same time. Yes. Interesting. Let me look that up real quick and see Shang Chi Premier Access. What does it say? No. <laughs> oh, uh, two days ago, Disney CEO explains why Shang-Chi won't be on Disney Plus Premier Access. Okay, so they're not going to put it up there at all. Interesting. So, so yeah, uh, Shang-Chi in theaters, month and a half later, on Disney Plus. Just on there for free, just like Soul and uh, anything else. Shit, you
1: know that means the only reason I'd see a Marvel movie is for immediate content for the podcast because that's right up my alley of waiting and then just watching it because that's how I usually am with Marvel movies. Although, as I told you when we were seeing Free Guy, the thing that to me makes Shang Chi look fucking awesome is that it's a kung fu movie or a martial arts movie, whatever the fuck you want to say. It's not like a, oh, it's a Marvel movie. No, this is a martial arts movie and it looks kind of badass.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, you know, he the uh, Bob Chapek, I believe, is the CEO currently at Disney. He, he has framed this as an experiment. But I, I'm not sure how much useful information is going to come out of this, because given the way the Delta variant has been treating the unvaccinated masses in the country, I feel like theaters are still in upheaval. And I don't know how much information they're going to glean from this release in a month is really going to be useful for a release strategy going forward, you know? How many
1: how many of the anti-vaxxers are actually going to go up and see a movie no matter what? Because most, I feel like a lot of people like us aren't going to. Like, I will wait, mostly because of that. I will wait, I'll just, I will be, well, we'll see what happens. When's that come out? Is that, like, in a
0: week? Uh, not in a week, in a couple weeks. It is September 3rd
1: yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I like going to like I like going to the early showings, and there's never anyone at those anyway. so i I'll still probably find time to go see it. But yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see what if any information is pulled from this.
0: No, I mean, I'm not going to wait because I got that A-list subscription. It's reactivated. I'm vaccinated. I got to see this bitch in IMAX. But, <laughs> yeah, for a more casual goer um, who doesn't need uh, podcast content or isn't a huge Marvel stand, yeah, 45 is not a long asking price to just sit and wait for a movie to come home. It is not. It's and I right think right it speaks to uh, Disney's change in motivation and perspective where uh, one of our early episodes of the podcast, I was talking about their last Investor Day stream, and Disney said going forward, they are pivoting to a direct-to-consumer-first business style. And this is a, uh, th- this is a big choice towards that. Because something like Premier Access doesn't exactly feel like direct-to-consumer-first when they're still in theaters and you're asking $30 for me to watch Black Widow. But... 45 days and then on your streaming service, not for free because you're paying for it, but for free, that's, that's a game changer.
1: Yeah, I need, um, I need Netflix to jump on this bandwagon of not making me wait forever when it comes to their anime releases, but
0: <laughs> I
1: won't get into that again.
0: <laughs> so one last bit of movie news that I do want to talk about. Um, who, the, who the fuck... Oh oh, who who thought, who greenlit, who decided that it was a good idea for Idris Elba to voice Knuckles the echidna? Oh no, <laughs> I'm just I'm just curious. I just want to know. I want to talk to the casting director of Sonic the Hedgehog two, to Sonic two Hedgehog, as it were. Um, and tell me again, why, why the fuck do we have the official voice actress for tails voicing tails, you know, the thing she's paid to do, but I'm still stuck with Ben fucking Schwartz as Sonic (laughs) the Hedgehog. And now for whatever reason, Idris Elba as Knuckles. And look, I don't have a problem with Idris Elba. I like Idris Elba a lot. But we have, we have people. We, Sega is paying these people to be the voice of these characters. And look, I can understand having dedicated star power for your main character. I, you got to put the butts in seats, right? And I guess Jim Carrey just isn't enough. Oh, we got to get, we got to pay Ben Schwartz the big money to make it happen. But you've shown that you can make the right decision and use the right voice, so why the fuck for this ancillary, like, tertiary character in your fucking sequel movie, are we not just having the voice actor for Knuckles? Am I going crazy? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I didn't think... I, you caught me by surprise with this one. I didn't know you were holding this in for the podcast. To let out your rage. I'm
0: so fucking confused. I just (laughs) need to know.
1: I just like, did you not see that until I posted it in the Discord?
0: I saw it like 10 minutes before you posted it. Okay,
1: because part of me really, really hoped that was the first that you'd seen it. And then you were just like, you saw it, you thought about it, and then you were just like, now fuck this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was like back to back though. (laughs) <laughs> I'm 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 just lost and like look I didn't hate the first Sonic movie I'm looking forward to the second one but man just just these baffling choices. <laughs> Who who's the voice actor for Shadow? Uh,
1: that's a good question. Well, guess what? It's gonna be like uh Seth Rogen going forward. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my fucking god! I did see a post on the uh. The Sonic the Hedgehog subreddit saying that uh <laughs> Keanu Reeves should voice Shadow.
1: Oh, that'd be dope.
0: <laughs> I'd go see that movie. Like, I don't give a fuck about the Sonic movies. I would go see that. And like honestly, that probably wouldn't be the worst casting in the world. I'd still be upset about it. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Fair wow. enough.
0: I just I I just pulled up uh the the Shadow of the Hedgehog page on Wikipedia. And uh this then stuck out to me. Uh his design was influenced by films such as Underworld, Constantine, and Terminator. Oh. Okay. And uh I mean you know one of those got your boy Keanu. Hmm. Okay. Oh, something I don't think we had a chance to talk about
1: this unless you still need to keep talking about stuff. No, no, I'm good. Um you you did not get into the Halo flight, correct? Correct. Dang it, cuz that uh that was good. I like it. I'm excited. Yeah. My excitement well, for uh Halo Infinite has now gone up more and I'm like, "Oh no." Oh. So it was no. actually good. Oh yes, it felt great. Definitely some stuff that I mean, it's a freaking technical build, so who the hell even knows what of what we played is like close to what's cur- in the current build. Um definitely some things to I would say change. Um there's a somebody I was watching some YouTube videos of some of my uh other Halo content people that I I regularly watch. And someone mentioned a video that someone else had done where they kind of almost don't side by side, but they look at all the Halo betas that have happened and compare what was in those to what we eventually got in the finished games. And I kind of want to go find that video and just check it out from a just interest point. I think that would be a, a cool video to see. Um, being able to see what, just how different some of the stuff we get in, uh, in the betas are or technical demos are compared to the final product. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it felt good. Um, it feels like Halo and I'm okay with that.
0: Did you play on controller or keyboard and mouse? I actually only did
1: keyboard and mouse. Can you hear that damn dog? I can. (laughs) God damn it. Well, that's what I get. My, I'm recording at my uncle's once again. Although, although I think I said this earlier when I had my spasm. Uh, They're coming back tonight, so I don't have to stay here. Hell yeah. But <laughs> I only played on keyboard and mouse. And I heard later that people who played on controller were like, eh, because they drastically toned down the auto assist, or the, the aim assist from like what it is at MCC. Like good god, MCC aim assist is bonkers on control. Like if you're playing on keyboard and mouse, I'm sorry, you might as well just play controller because it's so good. The aim assist is so good, but they they kind of balanced it pretty damn well from what I've heard.
0: And it actually feels good on keyboard and mouse.
1: Yeah, once I once I fixed my sensitivity, it was <laughs> way too high for me, and I was just like, I can't aim <laughs> at anything. It was like I was fine with the assault rifle, but you put a battle rifle in my hand, and I could not trace, track anybody because my sensitivity was just way too high.
0: Because <laughs> yeah, playing keyboard and mouse in the Master Chief Collection, I could never get it to feel quite right. But then I- even playing on controller was a little awkward just because I've been on keyboard and mouse for so long. So I could never find anything that really felt good to play the Master Chief Collection. And I- I'm hopeful that Halo 6 will just feel good out of the box.
1: Well, the, the default controls were kind of bleh to me, um, but I just remapped stuff to a mix between, like, Destiny and and Apex, and I was about it. So, yeah,
0: uh, I mean, I think that's pretty par for the course when it comes to keyboard games, is everyone's going to remap their stuff anyway, because everyone's sensibilities is going to be changed so drastically by whatever game they started playing, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I can't stand when they have, uh, Z X and Z Z and X be primary buttons to push. I'm just I. No, thank you. I don't want it. But and my uh,
0: control style is always going to be influenced by Destiny. So like my grenade button is always going to be Q.
1: Yes, same. That's what I put it to on. On the f- during the technical beta, because the, the default is like f, and I was like, die <laughs> or g it was f or g whenever it's one that's like way over i i can't I can't do it
0: yeah i i'm I'm concerned that Halo Six still does not have an official release date we're We're just sitting on holiday twenty twenty one I believe, and that still feels ripe for a pushback uh
1: it'll be at this rate, it'll be like. It might be out for Black Friday, at best. But be that's cool. only the campaign. Like, that's the thing. With it being free-to-play multiplayer, yeah, we have to wait for the game to come out, but it, the release date doesn't, in a sense, really matter when it comes to sales. Because they're not really going to be relying on the game itself selling. It's going to come from whatever microtransactions that they have. I didn't go through that too much. Um, was a little bit concerning if some of the kinds of skins that they were selling being like, oh, okay, okay, this, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm always very skeptical of monetizing skins when they aren't like in MOBAs or Apex where you're putting out a nice chunk of change for a really dope looking skin. And it, granted, you're not going to have a lot of that, uh, up front, because no, no free to play game ever does. You got to wait a bit. But I don't know. I that is one thing I'm still concerned about is how the shader system and monetization will work, and how how uh, abusive it could be.
0: Yeah, I. I want to believe the 343 has the best interest of the gamers in mind, but that could be a lot of my goodwill for Microsoft coming forward, and we'll just yeah, have to wait gonna and say, see. Yeah, I going to say, the
1: rec packs in Halo 5 sucked ass.
0: Yeah, well, 4 and 5 just kind of sucked ass in general.
1: Well, I, I, I say that sucked ass. It, I, it was... Decent enough for what it did. The I felt like it took way too goddamn... Well, now I say that. It was like five games gave you one enough currency for one if you didn't use any boosters. But I, you were getting weapons for a different game mode, so it was technically, in a sense, kind of pay-to-win, which was stupid. And this seems like it's only going to be cosmetic shit. But I don't know, like... If they put some of the coolest armor behind a paywall... Eh... You gotta, if, if there's multiple ways to get it, kind of how, like, battle passes are where, yeah, if you don't give a fuck and want to just throw in $100 to buy every tier of a battle pass day one, you can do that. Or if you want to grind it out, you can do that. As long as there's options to get some stuff, some of the cooler looking shit without having to pay, I think that's usually the best way to go about it.
0: Yeah, and, and my big hope is that I will actually want to grind out Halo 6 because I miss Halo, I miss Halo being good, and I've gotten pretty pretty well burnt out on Destiny that I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back to it, but there's not been anything else that's been able to fill that void of just, like, a game that I can say, yeah, I play this game, and when I have nothing else to do, I play that game. But with Halo going free-to-play, maybe. I- I'm
1: very interested to see how a prominent arena shooter does in today's gaming landscape Mm -hmm. because there really isn't one at this point call of duty is no longer an arena shooter it's it's known for warzone now not it's fast-paced just you know arena style shooting i mean can you think is there another one you can think of that's an arena style shooter right now
0: uh no, it's it's kind of all been overran by uh MOBA-ish titles or at the very least hero shooters. Oh
1: yeah, like the one life shit, like Counter-Strike. Uh so I mean I I think honestly, it'll be interesting to see what game types are played. Big team going to 12v12 is interesting. Um cuz big team battles usually is always one of the more popular game modes. But a little bit surprising to me that that's what they threw it out. Because I think you, I hope at some point they have the ability, at least on PC, to open that bitch up to some Battlefield numbers. Like, use some 20v20 shit. That'd be <laughs> awesome. But, yeah, I, I I think this will give us a, a good, this will tell us if arena shooters are even a viable business model in today's gaming landscape, depending on, I think, how well Halo does. But I say that, and you don't have to buy it. So that's one of the things I think that is going, Halo Infinite has going for it, is anybody can just try the damn thing, which is exactly what Halo needs to do right now. <laughs> just throw it in as many people's hands as possible, because God, damn, God knows that they need just people playing that haven't normally been playing Halo, or didn't grow up with Halo.
0: Yeah, and, and I definitely mentioned this in a previous episode, but I do think it is uh, as funny as it is interesting that we are entering this new era of Microsoft where it feels like an entirely different business than they were at the start of the Xbox One era. Uh, and, and Halo, once again, is going to be the pace setter for Microsoft going forward. It's yeah. their first really big exclusive launch. Uh, and to that end, It's free-to-play, it's got a fresh coat of paint, and it's also going to be on Game Pass, it's going to be on PC and Xbox. Like, they're not relying on Halo to push console units because it's going to be free-to-play on PC as well, but it's just overall going to be indicative of the business strategy Microsoft has going forward.
1: Yeah, it's... I don't actually know any of the other exclusives that they have coming after that, so they kind of need it to do well, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's certainly we're getting closer to an interesting time because Psychonauts comes out in like a week, and I'm so excited for that shit. Oh my god, you don't even know, dude. <laughs> but outside of that, I, I think Microsoft does have some games starting to come out, and hopefully, Play Sony does too. Because like we're what like almost two two years into or one year, one full one year. year into a console generation and there's literally nothing to play. There's like Ratchet and Clank and 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 that's that's like the only thing that I would want to play on a next gen console right now.
0: I think there's there's been three or four PlayStation exclusive titles that I really want to get a hold of. Uh Ratchet and Clank, Spider-Man Miles Morales, um there was a title that I think was a roguelike horror game that I can't remember the name of, but I feel like it started with R.E. something.
1: Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't think of what it was called. A oh, Returnal.
0: Yes, Returnal. I, I'm i very interested in playing Returnal.
1: Maybe by the time you get it, they'd add save points, so you don't have to just go on a six-hour run. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, um, you know... As console launches are, it's a little slow, but also because COVID. Yeah
1: that 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 is true. I keep I keep forgetting because we're still in it, but COVID has not helped at all.
0: Yep, yeah. and and that again will be a boon for Microsoft, where Halo is going to be free to play, so no one's got to pay money on it. It's going to be on uh two widely available platforms, and. Uh, it's going to be an interesting generation. Yeah, Depending on sure. how and when we're allowed to bounce back, I wonder what this generation is going to look like. Yeah. It's
1: I I think we're reaching a point too where and I I thought this last gen that the gener I, I would think the generations are going to start to get longer or we're going to start seeing more of like the the Nintendo approach when it comes to hardware of midway through a traditional life cycle you get a you know, a pro, kinda how they've done, but it the distance between initial release and then that pro version is pushed more and gives developers more time to work with the same technology for games and hopefully hopefully we get some good shit.
0: Well originally Microsoft didn't even want to do generations anymore. They were saying after the Xbox one, they weren't going to release consoles in the same kind of cycle where upgrades would be more organic in the way the PC is. And you wouldn't be able to easily define generations of Xbox anymore. And putting all their first party stuff on PC is certainly a step in that direction. But I'm curious how strict they're sticking to that methodology now.
1: Not No, that's that. Actually, you saying that makes the naming convention make a hundred percent sense. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that, and now I, now that I do, I'm like, yeah, Series X, Series S, you can just do Xbox Series, whatever, ninety six hundred X, you know, fucking go the the CPU and. GPU routes, a fucked up naming convention. (laughs) Yeah, It would
0: just be nice if it wasn't super confusing for the consumer. Good fucking luck asking your grandma for an Xbox Series X and trusting her to get the right thing. Yeah, you mean
1: Xbox One X?
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, This has Xbox and X on it, so that's probably right. And look, it's only $150.
1: No, grandma, that's not what I wanted. Why do you hate me? (laughs)
0: Okay, well, that's been an hour, so I think that's gonna be the episode.
1: I gotta come home.
0: Yeah, you could have made that my own bed.
1: I can't wait. Oh my god, it's been. I was telling, I was telling Chris before we recorded. It feels like I've slept in my bed six times in the last two months.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it's good to be back. It's good to be doing the podcast again. Yeah, Uh, been been a little too long. But uh, follow I think us, do
1: follow, it. Us, follow us on the socials.
0: Yeah, at obsession underscore pod where we occasionally post updates to things. If we get more followers, we'll tweet more. Yeah, I mean that's uh yeah, maybe we should tweet more to get more followers. Nope. It's on the it's on the listeners. There's
1: enough of you downloading <laughs> this, and there's only like two of you that follow us on Twitter. We know we don't know who you are, but we know who you are.
0: Then. So follow us on Twitter. And uh, barring that, if you like what you hear, tell a friend and put us in more ears so that we can get those listener counts up and we can continue to complain about our lack of followers. Hell yeah. Uh, and then otherwise, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.